I've known him as well. Well, uh, two L's, one E, <laughs> one A, and a fifth letter. <laughs> Unidentified at this time. This is Brent's energy level that you can expect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> These Go pithy quips. Full on Garrison Keeler. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am Alan, and uh, he plays Brent in Sophia's Choice, and Alan, when Alan is sick, <laughs> ski. <laughs> Hello, uh, friends. And uh, he's 60 years old and breaking up fake rock and roll bands. <laughs> Brent. Uh, today we're going to be going over Season 7, Episode 16, The Commitments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ski's going to be doing our recap today. I did have a listener interaction to, to go over with you guys. Very nice. But before that, I do have a couple other options that I could have used for the opening. Okay. I'm, li- I'm ready. Okay, so one I had considered using is a, he gives up, a, or he'd give up a date for Beatlemania. That would have been for Brent. Uh-huh. Um, I also considered that uh, he's not really a Beatle. He's not really a beetle, mm-hmm. uh, but he's an incredible simulation. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would have been good, I, I kind of wish I would have used that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought of this one for the two of you. Um, one's having a sex drought, and one's having a bumper crop. <laughs> I'm glad. Which that is I, which? You decide. I thought you were going to say, uh, you know, when Ski plays Brent, whenever Ernie is sick. Uh, <laughs> that would have worked well too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have anything to add before I before I do our? Listener interaction. No, I'm excited to hear this new interaction since it's a brand new person. Yep, exactly. So last week you guys got to hear a new person, or we, mm. you know, mentioned yeah. a mm-hmm. from Germany, right? Yep, exactly. Now, this person did not mention where she is uh, located at, um, mm-hmm. but it's a great interaction. Uh, Christy sent us a message with a T. C H R I S T I. Gotcha. So thank you, Christy. A young listener, uh, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but she said that she uh, stumbled across our podcast and that she's thrilled it exists. Mm-hmm. And thank you. Watch your balance. I'm glad that marketing budget's paying off. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said thank you. I'm glad people are still finding us. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do, whenever I respond, I let people know that it's me. Yeah, I, yeah. I say definitely. I, Alan, normally put mm-hmm. a self-deprecating comment at this point, mm-hmm. but I think I'll just accept the nice message today. Yeah. But yeah. it feels unnatural. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Put a smile on your face. Yeah, exactly. Put one on mine now. Thank you, Christy. But then a, a couple days later, uh, Christy followed up too, saying, "No one asked, but I felt like I, uh, I felt like sharing some thoughts after finishing your season two episodes." Yeah, uh, she said, "Really enjoying the episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rapport is pleasant, and I definitely laugh out loud from time to time." Nice. Uh, someone brought up the show Superstore at one point uh, after a kids in the hall conversation. Yeah, uh, Carrie Full Kenny awesome Silver uh-huh. was were, Carrie Kenny Silver was Carrie. Kenny Silver mm-hmm. was referred to as some lady or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. I was surprised you guys didn't segue to the state or other things she's been in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm digging the background info, such as uh, the whole empty nest pilot situation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
well, then she also went on to say, um, since in season two, at least, you seem to appreciate fan interaction, Definitely. I figured uh, this wouldn't be too strange. Mm-hmm. Glad to have many seasons ahead of me. Yeah. And I said, uh, listener, I can't bring myself to refer to someone as a fan. Uh-huh. Um, interactions <laughs> are, are still highly regarded. Yeah. I've never seen the state, but Brent is a much more well-rounded pop culture knowledge, mm-hmm. and I'll definitely let you know that you dropped the ball. Yeah, <laughs> so, I did. Um, um, I'll just chalk that up to my man crush on Ken Marino. Okay, fair enough. This <laughs> <laughs> is just too much to really exactly. pay attention to anyone yeah. else. Um, but yeah, I just said, I also said that I'm glad that she's still enjoying it two seasons in, and that I think the best is ahead. But that also, uh, I won't commit to how much better it actually gets. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I always give that a disclaimer. Kind of an opinion type issue, anyway. I mean, yeah. I don't think it is. I think we are uh, undeniably better now than we were in the first season. <laughs> now, again, I, I think that it's from season one to say season two, maybe our performance went up fifty percent. From season two to season seven, it may have gone up another ten percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that we have. I think. You know, we got past the early season jitters, you know, mm-hmm. in the first, I really think probably first maybe 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I don't think we've become markedly better at what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think we have become, I think we've had a s- slow but steady increase in, mm-hmm. you know, our comfort level and whatnot. Yeah. So I think that definitely goes a lot better as far as uh, how the episodes flow. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we still have our little sticking points sometimes when we get caught up in what we're saying or yep. kind of stutter or something. But We don't really have any dead spots anymore, though, because we used to early on, we would have some dead spots where, mm-hmm. you know, we were just kind of searching for the next thing to say. Yeah. And now there's always one of the three of us that will fill in the, yeah. fill in the open space. But Yeah. I mean, I think to use a football analogy, mm-hmm. um, you can think of us as like the New York Jets. And then season one, episode 20 was Super Bowl three. Ah. And, and we've been, you know, chasing that <laughs> ever since. So basically you're saying if we did a trade for pick me right now, then maybe he would go ahead and carry <laughs> us back to the glory land. Exactly. <laughs> He'd be our Vinny Testaverde. Right. Because <laughs> he did such a fine job. <laughs> yep. Um, well, I don't have anything else to add today. So, uh, so for I mean, the Jets, that means we got uh, new quarterbacks, right? Well, the Jets got uh, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. So that, that would be the pick-me analogy there, but, <laughs> but but Brent took it a slightly different direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With hometown hero, Vinny Testaverde. Yes. He's from Indianapolis? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he played for the Colts, though. I thought he, he's right? played for everybody, I think. Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. He made his rounds. So. Yeah. Fucking Oakland A's, man. Moving to Las Vegas. Oh, I know. Yeah. I don't care for that either. Yeah. I mean... It felt totally fine when the Raiders went. Yeah. Because the Raiders always just had that kind of feel to them anyway. Yeah. Vegas seemed to fit them. Exactly. They were a nomadic team. Yeah. <laughs> but the A's seem like a wholesome, I don't mm-hmm. know, there's just something that doesn't seem Vegasy about the yeah. A's. Yeah. Take yeah. the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Were, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a good one, yeah. The A's were my team as a lad, you know. I still am. Um, it's because you enjoyed... Uh, the Bash Brothers. Yeah, I was about to say. Well, I was going to say... Maguire Canseco. And don't forget, you know, Ricky Henderson, Dennis Eckersley. Right. Young Tony Larusa. I was going to say you enjoyed mullets and steroids, but I couldn't <laughs> quite. Reggie Jackson, <laughs> a legacy, a proud one. I had um, that was the uh, I had the, the jersey. I'd wear that in oh, really? school and everything. Yeah, so still fits. I swore it for you guys sometime before I burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you burn it? Now it's nostalgic. Uh, I don't know. Retro. Yeah. That's right. what the kids like nowadays. Is retro. Mm, that is true. So the A's used to be in Oakland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, before it got all stabby. 
Yeah, I like that. Oakland's a beautiful city. It really is. Yeah, I've been there. I've only been there once, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed the time I was there. Yeah. It's been a while, though. So hopefully I'll get back there again mm-hmm. at some point. We went to, um, Helena and I were there once, and we were able to go to a baseball game at Oakwood Coliseum. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was really nice. Were the A's playing, or was it a minor league game? A's were playing. Um, nice. They were playing against um, uh, Seattle. Oh, okay. Uh, Mariners were down. And I guess um, it was practically sold out. Because apparently there's a big rivalry between the two, just because Seattle and you know the Bay Area are both tech hubs. Oh, okay. And so, like, if a Bay team is playing up there, then all the you know San Francisco people head north, or if a Seattle team's playing down here, all of the those folks come down. Um, so it was a lot of fun. But like I said, you know, when I was growing up, it was um, you know McGuire and Conseco and all of those guys. And you like walk around the stadium. And they pay tribute to all their former players. They have stripped those two from the. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there was wow. nothing. There's no jersey, no mention of them anywhere. Like Ricky Henderson and Dennis Eckersley and Reggie Jackson and all the others are still well represented. Mm-hmm. Um, but no McGuire, no Canseco, <laughs> no a weird nothing. Thing because there were so many people in that age that you know were mm-hmm. users of steroids and mm-hmm. whatnot. And there's something about it where like I don't really hold it as much against Maguire as I do against Conseco. There's something about Conseco. He just seems so much more skeevy to me. Mm. Like Maguire's... Is it his brown skin? <laughs> God. <laughs> it is not. If anything, that's a bonus in his book for me. <laughs> it, I think it's because he was like the first one to blow the doors off of things. So maybe there's mm-hmm. that part of me that almost resents mm-hmm. um, still that he was the one who blew everything open. Um, but yeah, you probably you prefer that they do their heroin and uh, steroids in private. Well, I I mean, he dated Madonna, didn't he? Is that what it was? What do you think? That's what turned me against him. Yeah, I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, he justified his love. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, um, you think he goes to Oakland Coliseum and he's like, "This used to be my playground." He probably does. <laughs> well, he probably doesn't go back there anymore. But if he did. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe he'll go back there after they move. Uh-huh. And be like, yeah, take my picture down, see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> so. Not all the way there. He'll, he'll stop at the borderline. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably thought... when he's on a holiday. <laughs> exactly. I thought last episode was great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So it's in vogue. So. <laughs> Leaving me breathless. <laughs> I'm not even going to jump in on this. I can't think of anything as fast as you guys are. Wow. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a way to fit in in uh, Evita, but I just can't quite get there. <laughs> uh, we had um shit. Um, this will be a ray of light for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brent is fumbling with papers. Now he's reading as he fumbles. I did say we fill up the dead space. Didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, you, know, you know why? Why? You must love me. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> We'd mentioned it last week, you know, because it was from Avita. Right. And, oh, okay. And it beat out that thing you do for very the nice. song. And I was like, I don't remember what it was, but I know it's written down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely somewhere. Well, I'm glad that you found that because I don't. When you had mentioned it, I didn't even remember the song well yeah. enough. It was kind of something where. It was vaguely in the back of my mind that I remembered the title of the song. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't immediately come to mind the actual song. Yeah. So I didn't associate it with Evita when yeah. you said it. Well, and that's why, like, like that thing you do, obviously that's like a brand spanking new song. Yeah, you that know, was made wrote. for the movie, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. And Evita, um, you know, like, 
You Must Love Me, um, was a brand new song they wrote to squeeze in there just so Madonna would have a brand new song to sing so she could be nominated for an uh, Oscar. And it's like, just let her be nominated for, you know, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, or, you know, yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah, I agree. Instead Fair. of trying to shoehorn something in. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Why you got to steal Tom Hanks' thunder? He needs a win. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just scraping by. Exactly. <laughs> his, his time will come one of these days. Exactly. Have you guys seen... Uh... The man with one red shoe? Yes. <laughs> Don't know what that is. I'm assuming it's a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Came out before the money pit. After Dragnet, I think. Gotcha. Are you talking about the one talented Hanks? Chet Hanks? Yes, I've seen that. <laughs> uh, Colin Hanks' is, uh, handkerchief company went out of business. Oh, did it? Yeah. That's a shame. I was like, a man called Otto. It's a, his newer one. No, nah, no. Nah. Have you seen it? No, not at this it point. Was, I thought it was going to be more funny. It was a good movie, yeah. but it was like way sad. Yeah. When's the last I, time you saw a Tom Hanks movie? It's I, like, he hasn't made a fucking big in a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just trying to think. Like, I don't well, know. The, the commercial that, made it look funnier. Was he in that Jupiter movie that I slept through with you? I don't think so. I'm trying to think of... Uh, no, he was in the Cloud Atlas one that I yeah. didn't bother to see. So. I think... I don't know. I want to say, like, Charlie Wilson's War may have been the last Tom Hanks movie I saw. Okay. And that's probably been 15 been years ago. ago. Yeah, unless you saw um, on the TV show. Didn't you see, like, Captain Phillips or anything? Mm-mm. That's more recent. Uh, I, yeah. I know I've seen that one, and... I feel like there was one other Tom Hanks movie that I is a recent one that I saw. Oh, well, you saw uh, Elvis. Oh, yeah, I did see Elvis. So yeah, there you go. yeah. Um, and I've seen the Toy Stories. Yeah, that's true too. So, uh, so I would say Brent looks at his phone. He scrolls with his thumb. Yeah. Um, outside of <laughs> Elvis, Elvis in twenty twenty two, the last. Tom Hanks movie I saw before that was 2004. Wow. Wow, you really need to get up on your uh, Tom Hanks, uh, I don't know, library. No, uh, no, 2007, Charlie Wilson's War. Okay. That was the last one I saw. Hmm. Oh, no, I may have seen Saving Mr. Banks. Oh, okay. In 2013. Well, between that and Saving Private Ryan, you know, he's got a lot of people to save. Mm-hmm. Did you not see I still haven't forgiven him for not saving Hooch. Did you not see A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? I thought you told me you did. Oh, yeah, I did see that. What You're just it? a fucking liar. You've seen goddamn every <laughs> Tom Hanks movie made. <laughs> you named like 13 movies since you said you hadn't seen one in a long time. I made like three. Maybe <laughs> 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 go through them like baseball cards. Seen it, not seen it, not seen it, want to see it. <laughs> had it, had it. I'm sure you've already seen Pinocchio on Disney Plus, too. Mm-mm. Uh, so, no, yes, 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 yes. This is good podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) See how much we've improved over the years. (laughs) We just got to prove ourselves over and over again. Yep, exactly. So, all right. Well, now that we've got Brent's Tom Hanks blind spots out of the way, um, (laughs) yeah, I think you can... Go ahead and take over for the recap. I don't right? know. I think this is gold. Just keep going this direction. <laughs> so well, we talked about trying to maybe do another podcast mm-hmm. after this. So you think that's what we should do? Is just <laughs> pick a celebrity's IMDb page and go through and each comment on which movies we've seen and not seen. Or liked as well. Yeah, okay. Get a little more backstory. Mm-hmm. Like here's our two-part episode on Morgan Freeman. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, oh, what was 
Um, so you guys are not watching the new Night Court? No. I've not yet. Um, I'm not. I've not yet, and I highly doubt that I will. So uh, feel free to spoil anything. Time, you want. time wise, I can't imagine putting yeah. a lot of time towards it. Um, <clears throat> trying to remember the setup. Um, Spaced at night in a courtroom setting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's really good. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, but there, um, you know, John Cusack makes all the like direct to video movies now and everything oh, like okay. that. Yeah. At first second, I thought, oh, man, Brent's really losing it. He's thinking of John Larroquette, and he just said John Cusack. Yeah, yeah. No, John, John Cusack. Uh, long, butchering it. Long story short, there was just this thing that really made me laugh. Basically, they were they had bingo cards. It was a full moon out. And so okay. they had bingo cards of, like, crazy things that always happen in the courtroom whenever there's a full moon. Mm-hmm. And somebody's like, uh, oh, that's cool, full moon bingo. And they're like, well, we call it Full Moon Binga because Full Moon Bingo was a John Cusack Redbox movie. Ah. <laughs> I just thought that was really, really funny. <laughs> like I, I butchered it and you know, telegraphed it. It's still pretty it. funny. Yeah, yeah, good job. It made me laugh. I mean, I think it's a real specific joke. It, <laughs> was. <laughs> it was. If you happen to be the eight people that know that movie, then I think it's a really solid but joke. But it's not a real movie. All right. Well, Ski, if you're ready to... uh he hasn't even started his recap, and the computer's already on the fritz. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be real mad when I start. Uh-huh. All right. Exactly. Let me go back into nap food. <laughs> well, if anybody's hearing this, if I haven't cut this part out, there is a minor technical glitch that has been resolved. But uh-huh. So, Ski, you may go into your recap now. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, as stated before, Season 7, Episode 16. Correct. That's one sixer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode title was The Commitments. Mm-hmm. You guys seen The Commitments? The movie? No. It's good. Nope. About an Irish soul band. Okay, yeah. Never even heard of it. Oh, it's amazingly good. It's funny because I say I haven't seen it, and then when I say I haven't heard of it, you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that makes such a big difference. <laughs> I, just, I think it's a great movie. <laughs> this one. Roddy Doyle to... wrote the book. Okay. Say what now? Roddy Doyle wrote the book. Novel. Rowdy Roddy Doyle? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, this one originally aired on January 25th, 1992, written by Tracy Gamble and Richard Vassy. And I think we've talked about a few times how uh, the last few seasons it seems like they're doing a lot of team writing. Yeah, almost nonstop, I think, practically every episode. single writers. Yeah. And uh, directed by Lex Viserys. Who? Uh, somebody, Lex Viserys. I, I think I've seen the name once or twice. Mm, gotcha. Bow of oh. Superman. Say what? Bow of Superman. Yes, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Poor man's Lynn Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Very poor. Well, I don't know. Did pretty well here. <laughs> I don't know. But probably not as rich as Lynn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I like? Um, a a Lynn Manuel Miranda thing that I enjoy. What's, What's that? that? Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> it's sweeping the nation. Uh-huh. I I always had the impression that. Uh, you know, uh, Alexander Hamilton was long forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all have our blind spots. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Guess that's yours. <laughs> I'm not really with the, the, the you know, I will say zygote, but that's not the word <laughs> I want. <laughs> Zygeist. Zygeist. <laughs> you are a zygote. Didn't <laughs> that mean like just a collection of cells like right after I fertilization? So. Yeah. yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah it's like very, very beginnings. <laughs> so. Exactly. It's the stuff your mom didn't swallow. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong by definition. Okay. That's... 
goodness. Goodness. <laughs> at least he's not taking shots at your daughter. I know. <laughs> Could be worse, I suppose. Right. Anyway. <laughs> we, uh, we open in the kitchen. Rose and Sophia are working on, uh, at the table on some projects. Uh, looks like one is reading and doing Julia crossword mm. or something. I forget. Just, just, just for what it's worth, the more accurate plan would have been like, I think it's the part that didn't run down your mom's leg. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been more factually correct. <laughs> Could have been, but I just feel my version painted a better picture. Oh, yours definitely <laughs> paints a far more vulgar picture. <laughs> And I say a silent prayer that my mom doesn't listen to this one. <laughs> Do you think she's listened to any of them to this point? A listener she, I think a she listener. has, actually. Oh, really? Early ones, apparently. Oh, well, my, my I apologies, I encouraged her not ma'am. to. <laughs> I actually told her, you probably should listen to all of them. Yeah. yeah, well, if she is, I apologize. I'm sorry. But if she's not, he doubles down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 Uh, Blanche is preparing what looks like a salad. Do- Dorothy enters and uh, begins. I imagine she'll toss it. What do you think? Could Perhaps. be. Could be. Dorothy enters and uh, begins to ask Blanche uh, to do her a favor, but immediately uh, backpedals, saying that no, no, she'll laugh at her. Mm-hmm. Blanche insists that no, she won't laugh at Dorothy. Uh, Dorothy then explains that she had a uh, blind date scheduled that night and asks if Blanche will go out with him in her place. Rose and Sophia, of course, overhear this, being right in the room, and erupt in the laughter. Uh, true to her promise, though, Blanche does not laugh, but then admits that she was just singing Camptown Races in her head uh, while Dorothy spoke, mm-hmm. not having heard anything she said. Right. Sophia then, uh, still grinning, repeated what Dorothy's uh, request was. This time, Blanche joins in on the laughter, breaking her promise. I didn't understand what was so funny about it. It, was was it, just... it seemed very forced. Yeah, I mean, I guess it'd either be A, that they think it's funny that she has a date in general, yeah. or that her date would have to be such a loser that yeah. Blanche would be willing to go out I, with I them. think it was kind of both. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, as if Dorothy was in any position to throw away a man. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely wasn't a belly laugh worthy of a joke. Yeah, they, they, they between them. really hammed it up mm-hmm. in the scene. I just, I Do better, was... Gamble. Yep. <laughs> But, but Bassey, we're not going to blame him. Exactly. exactly. This definitely has all the earmarks of a gamble foible. Exactly. When it comes to Bassey, we always have the deference. Yeah. Game was like, no, trust me. It's worth the sell. Right. Was big laughs. I just think this is another. The audience will laugh with us. Yeah. Did you have something? Oh, no. I was going to say it was another example of Brent's misogyny. <laughs> How do you reckon? Oh, because Tracy Gamble is the one you're blaming and not Peter Bassey. Tracy could also be a man. So yeah, I, I oh. just I guess I'd always assume Tracy was a man. Oh, I don't know. I guess Tracy. Well, I guess there are fair. The Tracys I have known personally have been. Seems females, less likely that Richard are... Vassy was a girl. Well, <laughs> true. Um, but anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Yep. Uh, Rose and Sophia add that it's even funnier the second time like, hearing it. Uh, the giggles die down, and Blanche asks her to explain why she's made this request, telling her her friend that she really does want to help if she can. Uh, Dorothy succinctly tells her that she needs uh, her to go out with a date because she has other plans. Mm-hmm. The girls sing uni- in unison, do-da, do-da. Further embarrassed, Dorothy <laughs> hushes the girls. Uh, she tells them that uh, she had just won tickets over the radio to see Beatlemania a lo- at a local uh, dinner theater. Um, as soon as uh, she tells them 
she adds, shut up, Ma, because <laughs> I guess she doesn't want her mom to uh, jab at her for going right. to Beatlemania. Yeah. Rose is surprised to hear that she's given up a date to go see the show. I'm surprised the radio station's only given out a single ticket. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> like, you would think that she could have taken her date exactly. to Beatlemania yeah. with her. But. Win a pair of tickets if you're the 12th caller at <laughs> the yeah. raise that pays or whatever. Yeah. Seems, seems like a kind of crummy prize, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she wants to go see the show mm-hmm. know, at a very high level. Uh, Dorothy, however, explains that the Beatles were the first and only rock band she truly loved. Uh, she tells uh, a short story about getting a ticket to see them at Shea Stadium. Again, sounds like a single ticket. Yeah. Uh, but that uh, one of her kids got the flu, and uh, on one, it's one of those rare instances where you have to pretend to love your kid more than something you really want to do. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it just the whole timeline, she would have been 40 or something, yeah. right, thereabouts. Mm-hmm. You know, her kids would have been, you know, in their 20s or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but all the girls, after she made that comment, nodded and... Uh, along in understanding and agreement. She says that uh, she's always regretted missing that night and that Beatlemania may not be the real Beatles, but it's as close as she's likely to get, and it's an incredible, incredible simulation. simulation. Yeah. Now, is Beatle, was Beatlemania an actual mm-hmm. cover yep. band? Yep. that? Uh, yeah, it's a regular touring production, and that was their logo. Oh, okay. Logo. Slogan. Their slogan slash logo. I like slogan. You know, not the Beatles, but an incredible simulation. Yeah, I think that's what happens to Brent when he gets a little like tired. Confused, is he gets a little like, logo. Oh. <laughs> like people like, oh, John, Paul, and George are going to be at the beef and boards. They should. Oh. <laughs> I did not recognize that was their mm-hmm. logo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had the cast album for Beatlemania when oh, I was a lad. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, it's an incredible simulation. It's one of those things is I listened to it once and I was like, I should just listen to the real thing. <laughs> it is an well, odd thing to yeah. release a recording of people who are pretending to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I would say if anything, it's it's kind of like listening to someone doing an impersonation, mm-hmm. like like yeah. comedy or something. You know I mean, exactly. see how good they really are. It's like listening to Taylor's version of Red instead of just Red. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was for the kids out there. <laughs> Actually, I guess I heard that Taylor's version of those albums is streamed more now than the originals. Oh, really? Like they've supplanted them. Wow. Does yeah. that upset you? Or you oh, I, I don't have a dog in that horse. Okay. Right. I'm not yeah. speaking correctly. <laughs> <laughs> the King's English has failed me. <laughs> Think you got another one in you? <laughs> I don't have a choice. Well, Blanche tells her friends, uh, or Blanche tells her friend to have, go have a good time and go mm-hmm. watch the show. Yeah. Dorothy thanks her and exits. Uh, Rose then uh, tells her that agreeing to do that was very sweet of her. Blanche says that they, uh, the guy may even turn out to be cute. And again, they all erupt in the laughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you guys ever been to like a Beatles tribute type show or whatever? No, I haven't. I feel like that uh, my mom, I remember talking about going to like a, I don't know, one down at Connor Prairie or something like that, like an yeah. outdoor concert. Yeah, uh, yeah, they have one. And I, I don't know if it was even, it might have all been instrumental. Um, yeah. I can't recall, but. No, I've never been to a Beatles cover band. Mm-hmm. We um, so the first time Helena and I went to Vegas, um, we were going out there because we had tickets to see Eddie Vedder, and then he heard his back surfing, and so the concert got canceled. Mm. And it's like, well, you know, we have plane tickets and hotel reservations and all this stuff, so we and just the A's went. weren't even out there yet for you to yeah, go watch. Exactly. <laughs> so we went ahead and went out there, and then we had a free night because, like, well, we're not seeing Eddie Vedder tonight, um, and like we had. We were we did the Beatles love one night, yeah, but anyways for the Eddie Vedder night it was like well, 
what else can we do? And they had a Beatles tribute show thing out there. I was like, oh, well, let's do that. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, like, I enjoyed it and everything. And then, like, they had like, an Ed Sullivan impersonator who came out. Oh, that's cool. And did the introductions. And the Beatles, you know, were performing and everything like that. So and were I, the young Beatles in this? They, or they, they do the game. Yeah, they did the whole thing, you know, their whole career or whatever. But, like, it's sort of like the midway point between, like, like 66 and 67, there was an interstitial. And the dude who played Ed Sullivan came back out, okay? But this time, he was Austin Powers. Oh. And at that moment, <laughs> I was like, I love legitimate theater. <laughs> <laughs> and the show just became like the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And then later, I saw Dolly's Dixie Stampede at Christmas, and I was like, no, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen and in my life. food, right? Yeah, but for like a three-year period, that was like <laughs> the greatest stage production I'd ever seen. And Dolly's though still holds the rank. Yeah, it's still does, yeah. And when Ed Sullivan came back out as Austin Powers, I was like, man, <laughs> so cool. Did you just say to yourself, this is my bag, baby. <laughs> he said that. He said that in every other Austin Powers phrase you can imagine. <laughs> I'm sure it was shagadelic for all. It was, but like the voice was still more Ed Sullivan than, <laughs> like, like that's how I recognized it was the same dude. <laughs> Maybe, maybe he just uh, said the wrong voice when he was like, oh, dang it. <laughs> right outfit, wrong voice. Yeah. But then, like, afterwards, um, um, you know, Ed slash Austin and the Beatles were out signing autographs in the lobby and everything, and they were really good. The George was the best, and he was definitely the friendliest who signed our picture and stuff oh, like that. Very nice. Who was? The George. Well, I'm glad it worked out that you yeah. ended up seeing a show you really enjoyed, because yeah. it's always run, disappointing yeah. when something gets You throw your underwear at him? <laughs> I did. <laughs> did. Um, well, you still got it. I will say though, I really wish we would have been able to see Eddie Vedder instead. Oh, <laughs> well, still, but at least yeah. it, at least it wasn't a complete waste of yeah. the evening. It was a ukulele tour, like he was just hmm. playing ukulele and singing. That would have been a fun three hours. Three hours? Yeah, I don't think Helena was as looking forward to it, yeah. so she may have been praying for that wave that took out his back. <laughs> so you think that she would, like it was a tidal wave that was caused by her by her, you know. Imp- Boring the Lord. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Every Dear butterfly Lord. she saw, she was like, flap them wings. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts any better. <laughs> so I did get Pearl Jam tickets though the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah, for that September show here in town. Very cool. It's pretty good. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. Right. I'll let you know late September if I did. We'll still Mid-September. be here. September. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We will. Yeah, so sometime during Golden Palace, you'll hear Brendan enjoy <laughs> Pearl Jam. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we changed the scene. Um, I didn't think they do yellow lead better, but then bam, second encore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely is one of their deep cuts. <laughs> I like it when he makes the fries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, later that night, the girls are uh, in the living room when the doorbell rings. Blanche opens it, and the tall man introduces himself as Jerry, mm-hmm. asking for Dorothy uh, Zbornak. The girls must have found a man attractive because Blanche simply stammers. Sophia quickly gets up and claims that she is her daughter. Yeah. Uh, Rose gets up, moves Sophia to the side, and says that, no, no, she is Dorothy. Mm-hmm. Sophia admits that, uh, okay, I'm not Dorothy, but I am a Petrillo, and I am, quote, known to make princes and kings leave their wives in palaces and dance the bossa nova. Mm-hmm. Jerry looks at her stupefied and, and asks what that means. 
Uh, Sophia assumes that that must mean that she's taking the placebo pill today. Yeah. She then turns and uh, says she's headed to bed. Jerry, completely confused at this point, uh, tells the girl that you know he's here to pick up Dorothy for a dinner date and asks you know, where she is. Yeah. He's excited. Put out. It's like, I was told to be here at 7.30. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I am here at 7.30. <laughs> I would say that as a pre- precursor to his entire character arc. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, <laughs> Blanche uh, tells him that uh, she's Dorothy's best friend and that uh, she will be filling in for her because she's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, she takes Jerry's hand, uh, leads him out the door, and pulls it close behind her. Uh, giving Rose a last look with a grin. Uh, chain scene again. Uh, the next uh, morning, Rose and Sophia are in the living room. Blanche walks through, the, and Rose asks how the date went. Uh, Blanche, upset by the very question, answers that she woke up alone. Mm. How does that sound? Uh, she expounds on the explanation that Jerry didn't open doors for her, didn't hold her chair, and made her pay half a check after dinner. Uh, she uh, asks broadly what she must have done to deserve that. Rose replies sincerely, that sounds like she put out before dinner pl- uh, again. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was solid. That was a good line. <laughs> uh, Blanche gives a look of uh, exasperation, gives a small shrug, and exits, uh, out. I think, out to the one nine. Mm-hmm. Just then, Dorothy comes out into the living room singing, She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's all I think I can give. Yeah. <laughs> Sophia scoffs. Saying that those lyrics aren't really music, that Heidi Heidi Ho was real music. <laughs> yeah, I like that as well. That's a good line. While I disagree with Sophia's opinion, because I like the Beatles so much, mm-hmm. uh, Cab Calloway, who sings Heidi Heidi Ho, uh-huh. did have a full orchestral accompaniment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy talks about how amazing the concert was, saying uh, it was amazing, that fans were crazy, just like in the 60s. Side note, like Dorothy, some may have been in their 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says that uh, she was able to maintain her dignity, though. Just then, a man walks out from the bedroom wearing uh, one of Dorothy's robes, <laughs> I assume. Uh, he confidently tells him, uh, tells all of them, Morning, blokes. Uh, this is poor slang usage, by the way. Uh, blokes is most often referred to uh, dressed men, whereas Sheila's are the equivalent for women. I'll tell you what, the guy moved well for a dead man. He did. Right. He did. <laughs> I could barely see the Andrew McCarthy. Right. <laughs> Dorothy hugs onto the man and says uh, t- to her mom that uh, he followed her home and asked so she can keep him. We are told that his name is Don and that he plays uh, the part of George Harrison in the Beatlemania show. <clears throat> Excuse me. Plays George in the Beatlemania show and Paul when Ernie's sick. Mm-hmm. Sophia pulls her daughter to the side and asks what she's doing with this loser. Dorothy, however, defends him, saying that he's uh, not a loser. He's a gifted musician. She describes uh, how their eyes met during the concert and says it was kismet. Do you think anybody sits in for him when he's filling in for Paul? Like, does does George just get excluded from the concert? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, who's Don's understudy? (laughs) I mean, maybe it's something where, like, okay, well, Paul, you obviously need someone who's going to do a great job. Mm -hmm. And George, uh, while a great Beatle, um, mm-hmm. is probably less of a front man, of course. Yeah. So you can fill in a little bit more easily. So yeah. hopefully they have somebody that, mm-hmm. maybe Kent, maybe exactly. Kent's the one who comes in. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure they have a guitar guitar tech or yeah. a roadie or somebody who can come up and... Throw on the mid wig and <laughs> yeah, yeah, good to yeah. go. Exactly. He's like, all right, we're not singing something this week. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Don adds that uh, she also threw her underwear at him on stage. 
Uh, she says that after the show, they went out for coffee and ended up coming. And he ended up coming home with her. Mm-hmm. Dorothy asks if that's really so bad. Sophia seems uh, aghast. Says that uh, to clarify, is, is Dorothy telling her that she actually had sex with a complete stranger? Dorothy replies, "No, but it was an incredible <laughs> simulation." What uh, do you think that means? I, I couldn't really tell. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a callback. They wanted to. So yeah. I'm not sure if they. I'm, I'm guessing they did sleep together because he was in that robe. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, maybe he pleasured her in other ways. <laughs> I don't know. Butt stuff. Butt oh. stuff. Yes. <laughs> And Don puts his arm around Dorothy, and they head off into the kitchen, both still wearing women's robes. Uh, we change scene. Uh, the doorbell rings again, and Blanche answers. Uh, it's Jerry, and he tells her that he needs to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she indignantly asks if she owes him gas money, too. Yeah, I like that. Um, Me, too. I had another one later on that I said was my favorite line, but I think maybe that one actually was my favorite line. Yeah, I was solid. That was just a really good comeback. Uh and she says she'll go get her purse, mm-hmm. uh, but he he you know stops her and says you know uh, he wants to tell her you know why he acted the way he did last night. Mm-hmm. He tells her his wife passed away two years prior, and uh, when he considered getting back into the dating scene, he read up on uh, what modern women want, mm-hmm. you know, equality, uh, to pay their own way, etc. He says that he's sorry if he offended her. Blanche shakes her head, takes him by the arm, and sits him down on the couch. She tells him plainly that she doesn't want to be treated as his equal. He sounds surprised by this. He's like, she says, no, I want to be treated much better than you. Mm-hmm. I want to be like a goddess that goes bar hopping. <laughs> I want to note that as Ski is going through his recap here, he's, you know, he's reading off his prepared recap, uh-huh. um, but he kind of looks back and forth between us and, and the page. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point, he, he looks up, just to say the word equality, and it really looked like he was just rolling his eyes because it's like he made a quick flash up. <laughs> like he was like equality, <laughs> and then went back to read. I mean, I know that that wasn't the case. But oh, really... Alan, never, never missing the beat to try and uh, dig on my uh, my uh, uh, disparage me right. in the uh, world of equality. That's what I do yeah. best. Mm-hmm. I've seen that same eye roll when he talks about women's lib. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he requests that she give him another shot, though. Uh, she playfully says that uh, she hates, you know, breaking in widowers. Uh, he tells her that he feels more like a schoolboy, though, and she says, "A schoolboy I can handle." Yeah, she's like, "Oh, that I don't mind being railed by." Right. <laughs> that that are uh, teachers, right, Brent? Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy and Don then come walking through the living room, again singing, "She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh, they pause, though, to creepily point and stare at Blanche and Jerry at the end of the verse. Mm. Blanche tells him uh, that that was Dorothy as they walk away and that he really dodged a bullet. Yeah. He gives a short nod in agreement. Mm-hmm. I really like that part in general, too. I thought yeah. it was funny that they came through and they're all giddy and singing at them. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going out to Lanida, you know, serenade the, the Westons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we change scene again. <clears throat> Dorothy walks into the kitchen where Sophia and Rose are sitting at the table. They do a lot of sitting at the table in this one, mm-hmm. Rose and Sophia specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we normally barely see the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> she tells him that uh, she convinced Don to quit Beatlemania, hoping, uh, the, the, hoping for their agreement that this is a good thing. Uh, Sophia incredulously points out that her daughter is uh, 60 and she's breaking up fake bands. Mm-hmm. Dorothy contends that uh, this is now... Or he will now be free to perform his own material, though. Her mother calls her uh, Yoko's Bornak. Yeah, I, I like thought that, that was funny. 
Maybe she just wants uh, you know, Don to form his own uh, traveling Wilburys yeah. <laughs> tribute band. <laughs> like you got the George down pat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Find yourself a Roy Orbison and <laughs> I know a guy who looks like Jeff Lynn. We'll be we'll be set. <laughs> Uh, Dorothy insists, though, no, 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 I'm his muse, and then she says, or his old lady. Sophia claims, though, that uh, it's really all about the British invasion that's been happening in her bedroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dorothy stands indignantly, claiming that it's really about art, love, and inspiration. She says to her mother that she makes it sound dirty. Uh, she heads to leave and stops and says, thank you, mm-hmm. which I thought was really yucky <laughs> like, yeah. to say to your mom. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Because it was so weird, I originally had that as my favorite line, but I definitely think I like the uh, asking if money to get money from my purse thing better. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I feel like it's too off putting to be the mm-hmm. favorite line. Yeah. I mean, I get the. I thought it was just money. weird yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy exits, and uh, Blanche comes into the kitchen from the back. She asks Sophia and Rose to consider uh, this next question very seriously before answering. She asks if uh, she's ugly. Sophia immediately says yes. Mm-hmm. Blanche continues saying that you know she'd always consider herself attractive, but asks if something's changed and uh, she's become disgusting. Again, Sophia quickly blurts out yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells Sophia to hush and explains uh, to them that she has fallen in love with Jerry and that she hasn't even felt like this uh, about anyone since George, um, but that after five dates, he hasn't even touched or tried to kiss her. Uh, she gets up and adds that... Uh, just when she's met someone that she truly cares about, she's lost her sex appeal. Mm-hmm. Then she heads out of the living room, and Sophia quips to Rose, they're always the last to know. <laughs> I assume about people who've lost their sex appeal. Right, correct. Oh, yeah, that's what I assume as well. Mm-hmm. I um, assume you guys will tell me when I leave mine. I don't know. I mean, Never going to happen. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. I will always compare your sex appeal to my sex appeal. So I will, I will agree with Ski. It'll never happen because <laughs> <laughs> I'll just always assume that you're sexier than I. Ah, <laughs> just a just a handsome bloke, right? Exactly. Yeah. If it's any consolation, both of us are playing second fiddle to Ski. Oh yeah, that's fair. Um, that's because I work out so much. I don't know, but <laughs> Ski doesn't have that uh, LDE, that Landisburg dick energy. <laughs> he does not. <laughs> <laughs> he does not. Um, I I assume that's why you know at the drop of a hat, like <clears throat> if Ski wanted to on any day of the week, I bet he could get up to some freaky deaky shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's absolutely true. To be honest, <laughs> for the right dollar amount, right? <laughs> and then when you look at how similar he and his sister look, it is real freaky deaky. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So it covered my mom. You mentioned that we didn't talk about my daughter, and now my sister. Well, you know that was the episode, if you recall. I don't even. Oh, okay. Because yeah, it was the two with their uh, who were pretending to be the Landisberg. I didn't. uh, I hadn't uh, made the connection there. Sorry. Well, the Landisberg actually is two. We're referencing two separate episodes. Yeah. So. Well, I'm more lost now than. You should pay attention to these episodes more. All, all, all I'm saying is for Alan and I, you know, it's a good day when, you know, like, missionary position with the wife is on the table. <laughs> While you just have a whole gamut of experiences. Oh, yeah, yeah. A phone call away. <laughs> oh, I wish I 
wish that were true. Anyway, <laughs> scene change. Later, Blanche is in the kitchen searching through uh, cabinets when uh, Rose asks you know, what she's looking for. Blanche tells her that she's searching for batteries uh, for her, I guess, Walkman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're in the Tandy Model 100. Probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, expensive piece of equipment, that is. $800 if she bought it after. <laughs> That's assuming she got the basic model. If she would have got the uh, expanded ROM or RAM, it would have been upwards of 1300 Yeah. So I'm told. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's in 1992 dollars. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Which we're a little fuzzy on as far as the conversion rate goes. <laughs> She's looking for some batteries for her Walkman to play. $800 or 1600 minks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a horrible conversion. <laughs> 50 <laughs> cents per <for> me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dead animals. <laughs> it is. You can still hear the screams. <laughs> Well, that's its own reward, I guess. That's what they get for not having babies. <laughs> when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. <laughs> we don't ever see the garage. We don't. It's yeah. still a slaughterhouse. <laughs> Actually, I think we do see the garage one time. Aren't they? Aren't they doing like some kind of like a repair or something to it one time? All they contract the red somebody? Well, they were trying to convert it. Yeah, over to a be- to a bedroom. Um, at one point, I, I believe that was post mink that they were yeah, doing that. They're going to Airbnb it. Yeah, I, I figured it's probably so they could cover up all of their past horrors. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You think they uh, moved it outside to the backyard just for the meantime? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she's got her Walkman. She wants to play some self esteem uh, boosting subliminal tapes. Right. Mm-hmm. Rose claims that yeah, you don't need any stuff like that. Uh, remind her of uh, what she herself does. Uh, whenever she needs a shot of confidence, uh, Blanche scoffs, though, saying that, you know, she wears some dopey sweatshirt that says, It's okay to be me, written on it, and stands in front of the bathroom mirror again, kissy faces at herself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sensing Blanche's condescending tone, Rose says that, Well, I guess I'll be back in there again tonight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia enters, and Blanche asks her if she knows uh, where the batteries are. Or where any batteries are. Yeah. Sophia simply replies, you make me sick. <laughs> uh, Dorothy glides in the kitchen uh, from the garage with a sunny look on her face and an almost sickening, sickeningly happy disposition. <laughs> Blanche attacks her, saying that she's rubbing in the face that, uh, rubbing her face, that she's suffering through the, quote, sex drought <laughs> while she's experimenting a bumper crop. <laughs> a call back to yours from earlier. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy sits and uh, replies that she's expecting more rain. Mm-hmm. Almost more braggadocious. Right. Uh, Rose asks that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Blanche, if it would uh, really be so bad if she had a purely platonic relationship with this Jerry guy. Right. Blanche tells her, though, that she already has friends she doesn't sleep with. All of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, she asks them if uh, for some advice and if anyone has a story where a man in their life previously hadn't slept with them or wouldn't sleep with them, rather. Dorothy Smugly says that uh, she sure doesn't. <laughs> but Rose claims that she's got a story to end all stories. Right. Upon hearing this, the girls are already exhausted. Like, oh, no, here we mm-hmm. go. Blanche asked her to keep it shor- uh, short, uh, ten words or less, which is a pretty short story. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rose agrees, but says that uh, she's going to have their curiosity peaked when she's done. She says that one time she was radioactive. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Blanche turns to Sophia who says that, you know, one time Warren Beatty passed up uh, the chance of sleeping with her. Blanche turns her attention back to Rose, questioning, saying, so you say you were radioactive. Yeah. 
And we change the scene again. Jerry meets Blanche at a, a motel. Yeah. And inquires why he's picking her up there. Blanche explains that, you know, oh, there's a cast party for Beatlemania <laughs> going on at their house, and which was a getting a bit out of hand. I think right. she said Ringo was over a toilet seeking help, right? <laughs> Jerry says that, uh, oh, I can relate, citing how crazy things would get when his high school band would uh, go to, you know, travel to away games. So you think he meant like marching band? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah sounds right. Uh, it seems up his alley anyway, like mm-hmm. he'd be a band guy. Yeah, he's yeah. a priest. Pretty straight laced fellow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Probably played tuba. Yeah. <laughs> Lance cuts him off though and pulls him into the room. Jerry comments on the interesting decor of the room, which was where he was kind of tiki hut based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, theme. Uh, Blanche. Sorry, Blanche. It's not dissimilar from the way her normal bedroom is. Yeah. I would no, agree. not all that different. Yeah. Don't you have a <clears> bunch <throat> of like leaves and yeah, all yeah. Type stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of decor theme. Blanche sets. Uh, of the mood a bit by clapping twice, which uh, changes the lighting. Uh, she then offers Jerry a quick drink. Blanche walks over to a console on the wall that actuates a bar to open uh, straight from the wall panel. Mm-hmm. Just like the oh, just like the Jetsons, she comments. She directs Jerry towards a small table in the middle of the room. He points out that uh, there's only a single chair, and Blanche taps the controller again and actuates a second wall to open, and a bed extends outward behind him. Uh, the bed actually knocks him backwards onto the bed. Jerry is clearly unsettled by this. He sits upright and tells Blanche that the bed, the bed is vibrating. And she says, uh, it better be at these prices. Yeah. Which you guys like better, the Jetsons or the Flintstones? Oh, Flintstones, I think. How about you? I don't know, actually. I, I like parts of the Jetsons. But uh, probably I watch more of the Flintstones, I think. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like Mr. Spacely. Yeah, but he had like Mr. Magoo, or who's the great Gazoo? Who's the little green alien who popped up? The great Gazoo. Great yeah. Gazoo, yeah. That he, was the Flintstones. He was the Jetsons too, wasn't he? Maybe I think was, it was a, a carryover to both. Yeah, yeah, like he was on both. Like, which was he on first or more? Or? I, don't I don't know. I guess I always assumed he was. I don't remember him from Jetsons, so I, don't gotcha. like, I only remember him from Flintstones. I'm pretty sure he was on both, though. Yeah. Hey, listeners, if you know one way or another, you let us know. Yeah, yeah. Chime in on the... Great Wazoo. Yeah, the Great Gazoo debate. Great Gazoo, yeah. That's our, I think the Great Wazoo is a Frank Zapp album. <laughs> no, the Grand Wazoo. That's oh, okay. the Frank Zapp album. No debate on that one, am I right? Exactly. <laughs> I got an email from uh, you know Frank, Frank Zapp. Because <laughs> I've bought stuff from his store before or whatever, so I'm on the list. He's a little hard up now. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, like I get the email. It was like, Check out these Mother's Day gifts. And I was like, man, Frank's algorithm <laughs> does not Frank. understand my mother at all. <laughs> but what about your mother in law? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. My abuela, she loves the Zappa. She likes his mustache. Uh, in an attempt to uh, relax him, Blanche uses the controller again to turn on some music. He tells her he doesn't want to hear some music. So she pushes another button, which turns on some animal sounds. Mm-hmm. As uh, she walks over to him, uh, the bed, you know, or, and he, cl- she collapses on him on the top of the bed, and she's starting to get freaky and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he takes the remote from her, asking, you know, how do you turn off the bed, or maybe the noises? I'm not sure which. She says that she never tried to turn it off before. Uh, he pushes the pushes her away, kind of, and just kind of snarks, smashing on buttons. An attempt to stop the vibrating bed and the noises. Instead, though, it lowers a handlebar, 
uh, like one you'd see on a trapeze act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, also a disco ball. At this point, uh, Blaze was getting kind of excited, I think. Yeah. Very excited. Uh, finally, though, he pushes a variety of buttons and retracts the bed back into the wall. He angrily gets up, tells Blanche that she, he knows what she's trying to do, and it won't work. She's trying to steal this flower. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, he storms out, but she follows him, telling him that you know she didn't know what kind of place this was. Uh, poorly timed, though. A waiter holding uh, what looked like tropical drinks well, was walking down the hallway and says to her, Miss Devereaux, nice to see you again. Yeah. She kind of shoves him in the face out of the door, closes it behind herself, and has a very defeated look on her face. Right. Did you have something? Um, I don't know. We can talk about it later. Okay. Talk about it now if you want. I don't know. I mean, I understand, you know, being, you know, beholden to your wife and everything like that. Sure. But don't you think that after two years, even if you're like, emotionally, I'm not ready to move on, after two years, it's okay to... I think your wiener's ready to move on, at least for the night. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, I don't... Yeah. yeah I just I, have a hard time understanding his logic. Well, And it's not even that he... He seems so angry about it all, too. Yeah. That's, that, I think, is, like, pretty weird. Which, I think he explains himself to her later as far as, you know, his approach to courtship and... and, and yeah, and we'll get to that. But to me, his whole explanation just doesn't, just doesn't jive with the visceral reaction he yeah. seemed to have with all of it. He's very exactly. offended almost, like yeah. he's mad at her. Exactly. He's like, how dare you make me admit that I'm impotent? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that might be it. Maybe that's why he's mad. <laughs> so, subtext. I'd, I'd be mad if I was. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm so happy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You've always got a smile on your face. <laughs> Are you you're saying you're happy because he's impotent? <laughs> <laughs> See, I was just trying to think about how crude to follow up a Brent smile on my face and what else I have. I'm like, nah, I'll just let him go by. <laughs> this guy's got some score to settle. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. I love you guys. I do lament sometimes the my my the poor women in my life. Mm. They get dragged along with me. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who drags them along exactly. in your life. <laughs> <So>. Anyway, <laughs> change scene. Dorothy's walking into the kitchen where Rose and Sophia are sitting uh, yet again. It's mm. not all sunshine and roses being married to a potential janitor. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think that's probably not going to happen. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I decided to go to a different direction. Like what, now, what, right what you, now, my my job hunt is kind of on pause. Though. We've yeah. had so much stuff going on the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. And the work has been just insanely busy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but I, has, has it been like more rewarding with the busyness? Like, is are you doing stuff that you enjoy now? Or? Oh no, no, yeah. probably not that. <laughs> Don't worry. It's, it's even stuff. more of the same shit that I hate. <laughs> so it's been an escalation of that. I'm sorry. I wouldn't say hate. Hate's yeah, a very yeah, strong yeah, word, yeah. But it's so there's a group of people that. Uh, Honestly, our management has kind of almost invited him in mm-hmm. with some levels of inaction, mm-hmm. right? And these people are uh, uh, at the corporate level, mm-hmm. and so it's it's attracted unnecessary mm-hmm. or unwanted, rather, attention mm-hmm. to our plant. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point... Is this like a Me Too situation? No. Okay. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's like we have allowed Heldware and Scrap to get way high. Who what what? We manufacture things. Okay. <laughs> and so we've been putting things on hold, which we couldn't ship. Hellware and scrap? Yeah, scrap. Like, we throw stuff away. Yeah, yeah. What's hellware? Hellware is when... Oh, uh, held. Held, yes. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> you say, you thought I said hell? Yeah. <laughs> hellware. 
Some type of new software manufactured by Satan. Like, yeah, some like you know plush red horns that you put on your head. <laughs> a little plastic. I'm pitchfork. sure there's a company that does that. So you know, well, I've seen them, so I know there is. <laughs> Check out our new uh, line of hellware. <laughs> exactly. No, held where like things are get put on hold so you exactly. can't ship them. Can't For throw one a project. rock inside a spirit Halloween without hitting one. <laughs> without hitting them hellware. Exactly. <laughs> Next time, uh, when, when Halloween rolls around, you should definitely go and be like, can you guide me to your hellware section? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they're going to be like comedic hellware like Beetlejuice or <laughs> naughty hellware like Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Like like I was both more like satanic hellware. Oh, yes. Well, we'll show you to our DeSantos line. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the slightly hellish version of DeSantos? Exactly. Okay, I assume. But uh, no, that's, that's role, the that's so. the yeah. dual uh, DeSantos. That's a uh, or that's DeSantis and okay. and uh, what's his name Santos, right? Like. George Santos. Oh, George Santos. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, good combo. Exactly. I was gonna say it's the uh, it's the minty version of uh-huh. DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> is he fresher than? <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> Come out of the polling booth and give a thumbs up. All right. <laughs> <It's> Santos. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You guys voting in the primary on Tuesday? I don't think I'm bothering. Like, does it matter in your neighborhood here? No, not gotcha. really. Unfortunately, you know, it's uh, not not much. So. Yeah, we um, our current mayor um, has been the mayor for 20 years, mm. and he's decided not to run for reelection. Oh, okay. So this is the first time that you know there could be something different or whatever. Yeah. Say so. so we're voting in the primary on Tuesday. Yeah. Does it matter down in Franklin or? Um, I actually haven't looked into it yet. Gotcha. I, I want to this weekend, though. Mm-hmm. Probably look into it a little bit tomorrow, see who the candidates are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm registered as Republican or Democrat, mm-hmm. but I might just register as one mm-hmm. to see who I can hurt or help the most. Yeah. You don't have to <laughs> register in Indiana. You just ask them, tell them which ballot you want. Okay. You okay. just show up, and they'll be like, you want a Republican or Democrat? Okay. I'll look into it. You're Thank welcome. you for the, uh, the info. Yeah. Hot take. <laughs> Is it a hot take, really? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a word that came to my mind. Everybody out there, go vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will we'll be go vote way late ago, for yeah. you. Yes. Yep. Vote early, vote often. That's what we do. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we change scenes. Dorothy's walking into the kitchen where Rose and Sophia are again sitting at the table. Uh, she has an upset face or look on her face and tells them that she's stunned. Stunned, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, she uh, expounds mm-hmm. on that, saying that Don's first show, uh, solo show, was a disaster. Uh, that uh, the ex-fake Beatle made some uh, questionable decisions about what co- songs to cover. She says that uh, if it was a fight, they would have stopped it. She tells Rose that he did sing some of his original material. Quote, a tribute to Dorothy was mm-hmm. the title. Mm-hmm. She gives him a few lines. Dot, dot, what a girl I got. Tells him that uh, she left the show in a hurry and laments that uh, she may have transferred all her, all her love and excitement for the Beatles onto this one man. Right. She asks her mother for support and say, No jokes or I told you so's. Sophia tells her daughter that, you know, I'm here for you. Dot. Right. Which I thought was a funny little jab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I like too that I bet she said, uh, Dot, I've got a trot. Hey, listen to me, I'm a Beatle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I was say Blanche. Uh, I wish she'd have followed it up with her cootie shot. 
Shot a Rakuti? What? What? <laughs> you didn't have that when you were a kid? Circle, I, was, circle. I was being way dirtier. Gotcha. Power of a child. <laughs> Accidentally. Um, it's funny. We say so many awful things, and uh-huh. Ski whispering about vagina is <laughs> so much more disturbing than anything else that we've said the entire <laughs> it time. Is. It really, truly is. He's like, I'm going to whisper the word vagina, but I am going to make sure I'm in the red when I talk about space docking. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a man that kisses you with his eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's like... Uh, he uses his other hand to pry open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know how Biden will be talking, though? And he'll, like, say something, and then he'll whisper something for no real reason mm. to, like, I guess emphasize it? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Like he's brick from the middle. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Somehow too far off, sadly, but... Exactly. Like, the economy is strong. <laughs> you should really watch that show. It's incredibly solid. I've heard it's pretty good. You guys have been the one telling me I think it's good. Yeah. You've heard um, it from us. Yes. You heard it here first. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as you said, uh, Sophia Ed adds a few lines to the song herself. Like, I'm sorry, just as a side note. Um, so um, the. Uh, Mike Heck, you know, janitor from Scrubs and everything, mm-hmm. yeah. showed up in an episode of Shrinking. Because he's the dad in the middle, right? <laughs> he is. He is. Um, and so on Shrinking, Harrison Ford um, is a psychiatrist or psychologist, right. whichever one, um, whichever one can write prescriptions. Psychiatrist. Um, yeah, psychiatrist or whatever. Anyways, the janitor is this patient in an episode. And it was just, uh, number one, it's just really good to see him. Mm-hmm. But then I was also like, man, I wonder if they just sat around talking about the fugitive. <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 like between takes or whatever. Right. You know, he's like, hey, buddy, remember me? <laughs> <laughs> we met before. <laughs> it's been a few years, uh, right? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you guys heard uh, Mark Hamill's impression of uh, Harrison Ford? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is spot on. Mm-hmm. Blanche pokes her head into the kitchen and tells the girls that she's a tea- cheap, Audrey Slut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, without looking, Rose says, let me guess, is it Blanche? It was, that was great, because that was so much like the, what is it, uh, who am I, what's that game show? Um, someone would come out and say something like that, and then they have to try to guess based on one, you know, sentence. Uh, I think they might ask questions or whatnot, but there was a, a game show like that, an old game show. Was, was uh, Betty White on it? Because she did a lot of games. She very shows, well right? may have been, yeah, because yeah, so, yeah. it was an old one, so. She was a, a whole slew of them, right? Mm-hmm. You know a game show they don't talk about nearly often enough on the Golden Girls? What's that? Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, huh. I think they'll remedy that soon, though. I hope they rectify we'll it before see. we wrap we'll it see. up. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'll, I don't hold any uh, deep hopes, but uh, right. maybe. Like, like within the Golden Girls universe, the most popular game show is Grab That Dough. <laughs> <laughs> Brent waves his head back and forth. <laughs> urban manner. Exactly. It's too bad the bit's so nice, I'll do it thrice. Right. It's too bad we don't have more sophisticated um, recording technology yeah. here to where it could be like in stereo exactly. where somebody you know, yeah. can hear you go from one side of their head to the other. Mm-hmm. But, oh, well. You don't know how to do a 4K Atmos <laughs> version of this thing. 
some kind of like seven speaker setup for whoever's mm-hmm. listening at home. Right. You don't want to be immersed in our sound. Exactly. He's always angling to be in your rear channel. Yeah. <laughs> always, always the bass. Like, I'm always a subwoofer. So you're all about that bass. <laughs> no treble. <laughs> we changed scene one last time. Uh, we see Jerry uh, sitting on the couch with Blanche. Mm-hmm. Uh, she thanks him for coming over and tells him that she wasn't, uh, or he he says that he wasn't planning on it, but figured that her explanation of the other night uh, must be pretty interesting. I think he says... Uh, a doozy? No, he didn't say a doozy. Uh, humdinger. Ooh, a humdinger? Not that either. I forget. You ever heard that song, Humdinger? Uh, that old Crow Medicine show? It doesn't sound familiar offhand, but it's, it's possible. It's a really good one. I, I've lost what it was, but it, it's similar to both those terms. Okay. But yeah, just a real good one, right? Mm-hmm. She says, no, no, there's no explanation, just an apology for mm-hmm. uh, my behavior. She asks if they can still be friends, and he says, oh, of course. She then asks why, you know, she kind of gets serious and asks why he doesn't find her attractive. And he's, like, shocked by this question, saying that she is uh, one of the most attractive women he's ever met. She's confused by this, though, and says after five dates, he hasn't even tried to touch her or sleep with her. No, two things that are pretty far off, I guess. <laughs> right, yeah. Le- like, level-wise. Yeah. Uh, he is again shocked at the idea of uh, sleeping with someone after only five dates. Supposing that you know, the date in the 90s must be a, a really different time. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to explain that he and his wife dated for years uh, and were still virgins on their wedding night. Mm-hmm. She laughs at this reali- until she realizes he's serious about it. He continues that, you know, he's an old-fashioned guy and believes in courtship, saying how, how beautiful she looked and how nervous he was had been on previous dates they went on. Mm-hmm. I think he talks about going to a movie or something. And she remembers that he didn't even talk to her, but he said, you know, it's just because he felt nervous to even say anything to her. Right, yeah. So that's kind of sweet. I mean. Sure. Uh, whatever, right? <laughs> Fucking 60-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he says that he, you know, a first kiss is still the sexiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, while he keeps uh, yeah. talking about, you know, romance it, and fo- go ahead. I, he doesn't know this, you know, but like basically he dodged a second bullet. Like he dodged the Dorothy bullet first. Right. Okay. Second, you know, if Blanche is his first thing out, I mean, it's all going to be downhill after that. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that the next 67-year-old woman he goes out with is not going to be down with the trampoline and right, <laughs> everything yeah. else. You know. No disco ball? Exactly. Exactly. Animal noises. On Just would have raised the bar way too high. Yeah, that's fair. A less vibratory bed? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I guess if he was like real straight-laced to begin with, man, that must have been a jarring scene. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, she, uh, while he keeps kind of uh, talking about romance and falling in love, Blanche kind of swoons, looking at him dreamily mm-hmm. uh, with doe eyes. Blanche mm-hmm. suggests that they start over again, and he mm-hmm. agrees. Yeah. Uh, before he leaves, though, he kind of turns, walks back to her, and gives her, you know, kind of a nice, gentle kiss. Uh, then he leaves quietly. Rose comes in and asks how things turned out. Blanche uh, tells her that Jerry wants to take it slow and have an old-fashioned romance. Rose asks how that makes her feel, and Blanche responds, like a lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, she exits back to her bedroom, and uh, Rose sits back and smiles. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, I know this is jumping the gun or whatever, um, but that that whole thing is why I'd pick Rose as my MVP. Mm-hmm. You know, like her genuine interest. Like, well, how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you could tell it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. She's a grief counselor 
on occasion or was yeah. or whatever. I just thought it was really nicely played, and then just the way that she smiled and was happy for Blanche, yeah. like, genuinely yeah. happy. I was like, oh, that's a sweet Rose moment, so <laughs> MVP caliber. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, we'll get to that here in a moment, but we do have a few oh, guest actors. I'm not quite done. Oh, sorry. Just have the, the, in the post-credit scene, oh, that's right. Don mm-hmm. is at the door. Rose tells him that uh, Dorothy isn't available, but he explains, no, no, I'm actually here to see you. Rose says, well, that's nice, but I've got a boyfriend. He adds, however, that Ernie is sick this week, so I'll be Paul. Mm-hmm. She uh, thinks about it for a second and grabs her purse, agreeing to say, well, maybe just get some coffee. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So. so you think they just didn't even bother to replace the George? I guess so, not. So like, his position was just still available. <laughs> right. Maybe but. he does both. He's just like... <laughs> back and forth, like from one side of the uh, stage to the other. Well, I guess he's doing Brent's yeah, yeah, yeah thing. Gotcha. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I meant like he quit the show to go solo. Oh, right. You know, and so they didn't hire a new George so he could oh, get right. his job back. Oh, I guess that worked out well for him then. Yeah. But he didn't, he wasn't solo for very long though. So yeah, maybe yeah, they didn't yeah. have time to audition. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's not Leon Redbone, but it's <laughs> an incredible simulation. Maybe, yeah, right. maybe he uh, you know, groveled well enough. Mm hmm. Uh, well, we had three guest actors in that one. Uh, Ken Howard, he played Jerry. Mm-hmm. 162 titles to his. I, let me go back just a second to talk about him. Um, mm-hmm. I do have an issue in general with uh, the idea that he is so incredibly straight-laced. Because the way he reacted in that hotel room, mm-hmm. like we said, it was, <laughs> it was, it was beyond, like, mm-hmm. you know. Was clutching whoa, whoa, his pearls. Let's yeah. slow it down here. Or I don't think he would be okay with someone with Blanche's forward thinking in general like uh-huh. i don't think he'd be cool with like oh well i'll reform you or bring you back to uh-huh. whatever reclaim your innocence or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. i just don't think he'd ever be able to get on board with blanche's history mm-hmm. um, agreed and I, I, oh, go ahead. and I think that the you know novelty of being treated like a lady as she says would wear off and somebody yeah who, you know had any natural yeah, she had real, yeah. real dreamy <laughs> eyes while he was talking at the end but i, I totally agree with that yeah well i mean especially since i mean She's, you know, on the side seeing Bill right. now that he's back from the war. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, of course, she has Mel Bushman that she also yeah. sees on the side. I don't think Jerry's going to be down with sharing her with other fellas on right. occasion. <laughs> so, anyway. He's going to want to be exclusive real quick. I agree. Well, Jerry, uh, 162 titles for Ken Howard. Um, this is only Golden Girls. He was in nine episodes of 30 Rock. Um, he was in the 2008 Rambo, and I was curious. I've never seen that mm-hmm. one. Is that a solid movie, mm-hmm. bro? It is. Uh, he plays a uh, missionary Oh, okay. Um, he was on 49 episodes of Crossing Jordan, which I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, six episodes of Murder, She Wrote, and uh, 54 episodes as Kent Reeves in The uh, White Shadow. Mm-hmm. I remember him from that back in the day. Mm-hmm. I was a Nick and Night, or show, obviously I was before our time, but mm-hmm. I remember them showing it on Nick and Night when I was younger. Yeah. So. Oh, and then also he was in uh, 23 episodes of uh, The Manhunter and also the movie of mm. that. Uh, we also had Bill Yeager. He played the bellboy. Mm-hmm. 145 titles for him. His only Golden Girls. Um, he wasn't in a lot of stuff that I think... I mean, he was in a lot of things, but nothing that I think we'd necessarily recognize him from, mm-hmm. per se. Um, he was in three episodes of Preacher, mm-hmm. uh, three episodes of Parks and Rec, a couple episodes of Scrubs, mm-hmm. uh, Batman Returns, and Seinfeld and Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. um, and then a couple episodes of The Wonder Years. But he did get a, two episodes in Star Trek The Next Generation as Argyle. Nice. And then finally, we had uh, Terry Kaiser, Don, mm-hmm. 169 titles for him, but this is his second of two Golden Girls. I um, mean, his first one was in uh, season two, episode two, Twas the Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, is he deceased in real life? I believe so, yeah. I feel like that, that I did see that when I was looking up his mm-hmm. info. So. 
So Ski, who yeah. got who got your MVP? I gave it to Blanche. I, I said she knew what she uh, wanted and she went for it, but ended up getting more than she bargained for. Yeah, yeah. it is out of character for her to pursue some D. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, she's going the, the extra mile. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't pursued it that hard since Ham Lushbo. <laughs> Probably not, yeah. Not that we've seen. Yeah. Well, I like Blanche in that one also. She got mine too. I mean, you made a very persuasive argument with Rose. I don't mm-hmm. know. You didn't officially say you were giving it to Rose. But I did. I am. Okay. Yeah. So two Blanches and a Rose. Correct. And then how many slices of cheese? Two thorns on that Rose. <laughs> <laughs> well, every Rose has two thorns. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, so how many uh, slices for you, Ski? Quattro. Four. Four, yes. Okay. Nice and old Rose. I thought it was, you know, I didn't, I wasn't sure how I felt about this one. I definitely didn't hate it, but it wasn't my favorite, so it's kind of middle of the road for the season. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Brent? Uh, six and a half. Oh, wow. Um, I really enjoyed it. I like the whole, you know, Beatles thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was, I don't know, Dorothy's had some quirky fellas or whatever. It's mm-hmm. sort of like a Beatles impersonator. It was really sure. good. Like, <laughs> it, it seemed like if you're like, oh, they're going to go down this path, you think they would have went with like an Elvis impersonator oh, right, or something yeah. like that, but they just sort of flipped it up a bit, you know. And I could see Dorothy, even though the age thing doesn't quite work out, I could see her being into the Beatles. Sure. Like, yeah. I definitely think, like, if you were to break it up like Beatles people and Elvis people, mm-hmm. it makes sense that, you know, Blanche and Rose would be Elvis people and Dorothy would be a Beatles well, person. Of course, yeah. yeah. Didn't uh, Dorothy get thrown out of their little. Uh fan club yeah yeah she's just like oh there's you know she still was, some meat on that pork chop yeah. <laughs> you know <clears throat> she was dismissive of it yeah so it, i think it all just jibes or whatever well i gave it five i, I liked it i thought it was a, a bit above average but mm-hmm. it, it didn't blow me away or anything uh i i the whole storyline though with blanche and her person just i don't know it, it didn't sit well with me in mm-hmm. different aspects of it i did yeah. like dorothy's yeah. pretty well but the blanche uh, a story i didn't like as well so mm-hmm. um so yeah that's all we have for the episode itself but do we have anything to we do all right it's a little bit different than we're used to so there's there can be it's not so much of a story per se in this case but okay. uh, you know a little discussion here okay once upon a time in saint olaf okay the founders of saint olaf Settled in the small plot of land, uh-huh. and the town council decided that a tribute alphabet mm. was appropriate okay. to honor their Norwegian heritage. This is what they came up with. A okay. tribute alphabet? Yeah. Okay. Follow along. Okay. Keep in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up, dummy. No, no, no. I'm saying like... <laughs> Did I st- st- stutter? <laughs> <laughs> you're mischaracterizing... I apologize. <laughs> You're totally... twisting my words. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should say that because A is for asshole. <laughs> B is for bitch. Exactly. <laughs> we could come up with an entire alphabet of that. Yeah, I mean, at least the first four letters are pretty easy, so. <laughs> uh, A is for <laughs> Arborwegian. Okay. A shady garden with foliage and plants native to Norway. Okay. okay. B is for Borwegian. And like this is all Norwegian. Yes, so. I'm, I'm picking up on the pattern. <laughs> I want to make sure. Borwegian, an uninteresting person or situation from Norway. Mm-hmm. C, Corwegian, the center of the earth directly under Norway. Mm-hmm. D, Dorwegian, an opening between rooms in a Norway building. Mm-hmm. I like the Dorwegian to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> And there's 
obviously there's other choices we can come up with. But <laughs> obviously there are, there are other letters. Exactly. <laughs> after that. The M. Yeah, there's like 22 more. Yeah. Time ran short, but you get it. Exactly. Exactly. The indoor Weegian. It was 758. So I was like, yeah. I'm enough is enough. <laughs> they get the gist. Exactly. Ranking it up. This is the best. This is my favorite. Oh, okay. P. Okay. Indoor Weegian. Where Norse Ewoks live. <laughs> nice. Uh, F is for four Weegian. After three Weegian, but prior to five Weegian. <laughs> G is for Gore Weegian. Excessive violence in Norway. Mm. H. Whore Weegian. Alternate spelling for Whore Weegian with a W. <laughs> Are we going to have to wait till a Whore Weegian with a W to find out what it is? No, I don't even explain. <laughs> I was hoping that Horwegian with the W would be alternate spelling for Horwegian with an H. Exactly. That would have been more clever. I thought about that as soon as I was done with it. Ah, missed opportunity. Uh, I, Igorwegian, hunchback assistant to medical or mad Norwegian scientist. J, this was a hard one, but Jabberwegian, nonsensical poem by Norwegian poet, poet Louis Carell. Uh, if it had been me. I'd have gone with the soft J, so as Horwegian. Oh! <laughs> that would have been Norse, too. That would have been very clever. Maybe I should have called you, you know? <laughs> then you would have ruined the surprise. <laughs> exactly. K, Horwegian. Offspring from a Korean and Norwegian couple. Ah. L, Lorwegian. Tradition and folktales from Norway. M, Morwegian. Additional stuff from Norway. <laughs> in Norwegian. <laughs> person from Norway. <laughs> o. Orwegian. A paddle made in Norway. Ah. P. Porwegian. The destitute and downtrodden of Norway. <laughs> I thought you were, that was going to be the jacket listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, Q. Hey, brother, can you spare a Norwegian? <laughs> yeah. uh, Q. Quest Norwegian. Norwegian off official for financial groups. That's a Questor. I didn't know what that was. I just tried to find something. I think it's a drummer for a Norwegian hip hop band. <laughs> Is that right? Like Quest Love. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Keep up. Ow. I'm lagging behind. <laughs> We're dragging you across the finish line for your own bit. <laughs> I know. R. Roarwegian. The sound made by wild cats of Norway. <laughs> S. Sorwegian. The act of flying or over Norwegian territory. Mm-hmm. I thought S had like the most options. Yeah. Like you could have done Snorwegian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Storwegian. There are a lot of S words. Snorwegian would have been fun. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to talk about how many times you've woken up in the morning with a Sorwegian. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good definition. I thought it was going to be Sorwegian the way you feel after dealing with T. Thorwegian. <laughs> <laughs> T, <laughs> Torwegian, mm-hmm. past tense of Terwegian. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, U, Uberwegian, excessive amount of something from Norway. Mm-hmm. Also, a ride sharing program in which people could jump onto a friend's carriage, horse, sled, etc. Mm-hmm. Nice. V, Vaporwegian, smoke or mist rising over a lake in mm-hmm. Norway. 
W, war Weijin. <laughs> Past tense of where Weijin. <laughs> Again, it would have been better if I had gone with war Weijin. Uh, I did that. Oh, X, X Weijin. Person who no longer identifies as Norwegian. Mm-hmm. You may say, but X Weijin starts with an E. Again, I would remind you, this is the people who founded St. Olaf. Fair <laughs> uh, Y, your Weijin. Definition, not my Weijin. <laughs> Z, Zoro Weijin. Mass crime fighter that wields a rapier sword and loves to duel in Norway. <laughs> and that's all. Thank you. I mean, skilled. He definitely wields the rapier sword in this one. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> That's right. He's the one person I keep my eyes open when I kiss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Ski. Was I enjoyed stuff. that. Thank yeah. you. Nice little switch up from our uh, usual yeah. back in Saint Olaf story. So, mm-hmm. got to keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that uh, this episode is almost back to the, I don't know, glory days of our hour and a half longers. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, anyways, do you guys have anything else to add before we close this one out? No, I'm good. I'm totally See you all next week. All right. Uh, we'll stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. <laughs>